Welcome to the Instant Reaction TLC event 2019. I got to tell you, I thought this event was so lackluster, so dull, lacked any kind of build, lacked any kind of great result that I was seriously considering not doing an Instant Reaction. I thought this really feels like it's a waste of time, but I've got this weird thing, some kind of weird OCD thing where I do the instant reactions for every wrestling event. So how can I, just because this sucked, say, all right, screw it, I'm not going to do it. But I thought about it. It went through my mind because this entire event, I was distracted by other things. Early in this event, I was distracted by the conclusion of the Niner Falcon game. In the middle of the event, or still early on in the event, I was distracted by the Brooklyn Nets ass-whipping of the Philadelphia 76ers. And then through most of the event, I was distracted by the Bill Steelers game. And then I was distracted by the sort of exciting conclusion of the Knicks game. You know, Knicks coming back big on Denver. The wrestling was always in the background, and why wouldn't it be in the background? I mean, this event featured zero build. This event was so weird that coming into it, I was talking to Brian Monzo, uh, who, of course, does a great job at the fan. And we, we came up with like five different matches that could have been the main event because there was no clear, obvious main event. And obviously, a part of this is the fact that Brock Lesnar is a world champion. And it's one of the negative side effects of Brock Lesnar being a world champion. That means he's not on the card. But what made it doubly worse, and I still can't even answer this, as we're doing the TLC Instant Reaction. Did Bray Wyatt defend his title tonight? I still don't even know if that was a title match. <laughs> I mean, that's a problem. So, okay, we know the WWE title isn't on the line because Brock's not around. And then the Wyatt thing, and I'll get into that match because I do think that was the most intriguing storyline. And I wouldn't say it was the best match. Clearly it wasn't the best match, but... I guess the storyline to it, the conclusion to that match and where they went with it, I guess I would say was the most intriguing thing of the night, which is not saying a lot, by the way. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I don't even know what that means. But I still don't even know if that was a title match. Now, usually when I do these instant reactions, I start with the conclusion of the main event. I mean, should I start with the conclusion of the main event? The main event turned out to be the women's tag team title match. Remember, these tag titles have been forgotten about for months. Now the Kabuki Warriors have it, but they're making a big deal of it. It's a women TLC tag team match. Of course, that's never happened because the women's tag team titles are still a little bit less than a year old. So they want to make a big deal out of that. And they give us a match that does feature a lot of star power. I mean, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair were certainly a big part of the main event of WrestleMania, two-thirds of the main event of WrestleMania. So I don't think there's any doubt this match featured the most star power. The problem is, why should we care about the women's tag team titles? First of all, the belt's been around for less than a year. For a few months, it was forgotten about. I think the Kabuki Warriors, they've given more of a of a push towards or making us care about the title. But, I mean, does any of us really care if Becky is Pe Becky two-belt again? And that Becky and Charlotte, who have fought... 5,000 times, now they're friends, now they're tag teams, like we're supposed to care about it. With that said, the match was was great. I mean, it was a really good match. It was very entertaining. And you know, I say this a lot because it's true. 
when you've got a TLC match, when you have a Royal Rumble match, and of course we got the Rumble a month away, everything's been done. You know, everything's been done. Like the whole Kofi Kingston thing at the Rumble, he's done everything to avoid putting his two feet on the ground when he's eliminated. It's kind of the same thing with TLC matches. We've seen everything. So you're always trying to reinvent yourself. And they tried. You know, they tried to do some stuff we've never seen before. You know, tying Becky Lynch up to the to the ladder, okay? Uh, the, the match ending by pulling the rope that somehow was tied to the ladder down, which brought Becky Lynch down, and that's what led to the Kabuki Warriors winning. Who climbed the ladder? I'm trying to remember. Oscar, uh, I think, climbed the ladder. So it was a good match. It was different. I just had a tough time caring about it because I didn't care if Becky and Charlotte became tag team champions or where they even going with that. But really, that wasn't the conclusion of the show. The conclusion of the show was everybody beating the crap out of each other, and we've seen that before. Usually when they have everybody beating the crap out of each other in a show ending, that's the go-home Raw or go-home SmackDown before the Royal Rumble. So I guess in this case, they said, well, we're not going to even do that for Raw SmackDown. We'll do it on the go-home pay-per-view for the Royal Rumble. I mean, isn't that what they're really setting up? Now, let me get to that Roman Reigns match, because the, the biggest problem with the Roman Reigns-King Corbin match is that the feud isn't ending. And clearly, by Corbin winning, as cheaply as he did, it doesn't matter, that feud is going nowhere. You know, Dolph Ziggler comes up from under the ring. He super kicks Roman Reigns. They decide to beat up the timekeeper, which they never explained why. My guess, you want to know my guess? The timekeeper sort of looked like Roman Reigns, and that's why they beat him up. And then who else came out? Revival came out. They all just destroy Roman Reigns. And nobody's helping Roman. So Roman has no friends. I mean, a freaking guy's a cancer survivor. Guy seems like a good dude in the locker room. And no one's coming out to help him while five guys are beating the crap out of him. And the obsession that they had with the dog food was weird. Hitting him with dog food. Uh, we get it. He calls himself the big dog. Doesn't mean you've got to be obsessed with dogs. So I, I, I was upset that Reigns didn't win only because it means we have to deal with more of Baron Corbin against Roman Reigns. And, and look, maybe I'm wrong. I've said before that Corbin gets bad heat. He gets the X-Pac heat. He gets the heat where no one wants to see him anymore. Maybe I'm wrong because they have gotten Corbin to be so hateable that Roman Reigns was getting cheered. And isn't that the ultimate goal? Isn't that why we're on the face of the earth? We're all on the face of the earth to get Roman Reigns over. It's been the case for six years, so why stop now? But they continue to beat the crap out of each other. There were other people fighting each other, and that's how the show ends. And then Roman does the, the big spear off the stage because he's Superman. He's Roman Reigns. But I'm telling you, I took that as we're selling you on the Royal Rumble. Remember, everybody beats each other up in the Royal Rumble. That's what I thought the end of the show was. That's what I figured. Uh, let me get to some of the other matches, and then I want to get to Bray Wyatt, because I do think, as I mentioned, that's the most interesting thing. Uh, New Day beat The Revival in a ladders match to open the show. They retain the uh, SmackDown tag team titles. Fun match. You know, cool match. Kofi was lying in the ladder and then used the belt that was dangling to throw Dawson off the ladder, so that was kind of cool. It's it's tough watching poor Kofi Kingston, though. A few months ago, the guy was the champion. And now, after not even getting a rematch, he's just a tag champ. 
It, it's, it's like Kofi Kingston's had this 13-year career, and for about five months, they let him live a fantasy. And they put him as a top guy. And then as soon as that ended, as soon as they said, let's take that away from him, boom, let's ignore that ever occurred and put him right in a tag team feud. The Alistair Black Buddy Murphy match, I I mean, I, I couldn't concentrate on it. I just, I didn't care. There was something, you know what I think it was during the Alistair Black Buddy Murphy match? That was the two reviews in the Niner Falcon game. So if you're watching wrestling and football, you know what I mean. There was some blood. They're putting Alistair Black over. Great, he beat Buddy Murphy. And then I noticed that they had this KFC commercial going on in the middle of the broadcast where they claimed a bunch of fans were getting to eat KFC at what appeared to be another announce table. What the hell was that about? And Jerry Lawler, I'm telling you, I, I know Jerry Lawler's been bad for a while. He gets worse every event. Oh, my God, I love the chicken. Just screaming and yelling. And so when the Viking Raiders had their open challenge and the OC comes out, Gallows and Anderson... And it ends in a double countout, like it's WrestleMania 2, where every other match ended in a double countout. At least they got that KFC, KFC table match, a KFC table involved. It wasn't a tables match, but we got these schmucks eating KFC chicken at a table. We're claiming it's a commercial. Let's get that involved. And by the way, I know I'm going to piss people off when I say this. I don't see it with the Viking Raiders, or whatever the hell they're called, the Viking experience. I, I don't. I don't see the appeal. First of all, they scream a stupid catchphrase that says, let the raid begin. One of them is sort of dressed like Rikishi. They're dressed like absolute fools. I don't get it. Maybe they were better in NXT. Maybe that's what I'm missing. And Gallows and Anderson walks around with the uh, the trophy from Saudi Arabia. Uh, so that match was a bore. They retained the Raw Tag Titles in a double countdown. I mentioned the Corbin-Roman Reigns match. The Lashley-Rusev match, which I thought for a second, considering the amount of TV time they've given this feud, maybe that was going to be the main event. Because as this show's going on, you're trying to figure out what's the main event. I really thought, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought they were going to main event Roman Reigns-King Corbin. I figure if they're not going to have a title match, why not just go to Roman Reigns? They seem to do that. They've done that before. So when Corbin and Reigns were fighting in the middle of the event, the guessing continued. I thought because of the TV time and how much Vince McMahon obviously loves this horrid, horrid Lashley-Rusev feud, hey, may as well make it the main event. Now, I'll give them credit for this. If you were telling me they're going to have a Lashley-Rusev feud, it would be a bore. Two big guys. Eh, Lashley has no personality. Rusev sort of has personality. It would be a very dull dull feud and dull build and even though this angle is one of the stupidest things this side of Katie Vick they've made the boringness of Lashley Rusev they've also they've sort of made you forget about it because you're so enamored by how awful the storyline is and I don't know how it ends I mean Lashley got the victory he put Rusev through a table by the way the concept of a tables match is insanely stupid but whatever I guess we're gonna get more of this crap CM Punk had the best idea. I, I haven't watched the uh, WWE backstage, but, you know, CM Punk is an interesting figure. But his idea of the feud ends with a loser gets Lana match. The, the loser gets Lana. That's interesting. It's certainly more interesting than the storyline crap we've had to witness. All right, so let's get to Bray Wyatt Miz. I'll probably spend the most time on that. I, I, 
I find the Bray Wyatt character, like most people, absolutely fascinating. The Firefly Funhouse, all that, the fiend aspect. I thought originally, and I may have mentioned it in one of these podcasts, that would they try to have Bray fight as numerous characters? Would they have him fight as the friendly, jovial host of the Firefly Funhouse and also fight as the fiend, kind of taking a page out of the Mick Foley book? We hadn't seen that until tonight, and I wasn't even sure that's what we were going to see. I mean, I know people assumed it, and I guess that's because in the graphic for the match, they had, you know, regular Smiley Bray Wyatt, host of the Firehouse Funhouse. I don't know if they ever mentioned it on SmackDown, because SmackDown is very tough to watch as a Friday night show, by the way. I love SmackDown on Tuesdays because it was easy in the middle of the week to eventually get to it on DVR. You have something on a Friday night, it just kind of it disappears in the ethos of the weekend. But I, I, I kind of like that they were getting away from the Bray-Daniel Bryan rematch because where were they going with it? You know what I mean? Were they just going to have Bray Wyatt beat him and that's it, we move on? You have to give it more build. So they have that weird thing where Bray rips Daniel Bryan's hair off they give you Miz getting involved with the family BS, and they give you a match that I, I have no idea if it was for the Universal title, which is a slight problem, but it was intriguing. Everything about this was intriguing. Is it for the title? Is Wyatt going to lose if it's not for the title? Is he going to destroy him? How's Bryan getting involved? Because you know Daniel Bryan's getting involved. Is Daniel Bryan going to turn? I mean, that's a, that's a, that was a legitimate thought. Monzo was suggesting that, and it made a lot of sense because, remember, Bray referred to his old family, the Wyatt family, including that moment where Daniel Bryan was a part of the Wyatt family way back when, right? And when, when, when Daniel Bryan turned on Bray Wyatt after he was in the family, that may have been one of the loudest pops in the last 15 years, by the way, when he was on top of the – wasn't he on top of a cage or something? I kind of vaguely remember that. He slowly pointed up his fingers for the yes chant. So there were all sorts of possibilities with what they were going to do with this match. And instead, they get the Miz just squashed. I mean, the Miz got killed. And there were some weird moments when the Miz was trying to injure his hand and Bray's laughing. And then Bray runs outside and throws himself against the barricade. But overall, this was a squash match, which hopefully does one thing for the Miz. And that's sends him away and has him come back as a heel. I get it. Miz is a father. That's cool. And he's got a reality show. Good for him. He is not a face on WWE programming. It doesn't work. No one wants to cheer this guy. He is such a good heel. In fact, I'd argue of all the guys that we would say, hey, he's better as a heel or he's better as a face, there is no wrestler with a bigger disparity between being good in one role and awful in another role than The Miz. Name me one. I mean, the disparity between how freaking awesome of a heel he is to how garbage of a face he is is off the charts. So hopefully, because Bray Wyatt defeated him, and defeated him pretty soundly, even if he wasn't the fiend, uh, maybe this makes The Miz go away and come back as the heel he needs to be. But Bryan shows up, man, and he gets the biggest face, uh, biggest pop of the night. And he comes back, it's hilarious. I mean, we all figured because he was ripping his hair out, all right, he's going to come back bald. He doesn't come back bald. He comes back looking like the guy who debuted with this company how many years ago? 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever it was. He looks exactly the same. He also looks a lot younger. Well, he looks like the guy from 11 years ago. So, of course, he looks younger. 
But the crowd loved it. The crowd ate it up. I am fascinated by what they do next. I'm fascinated by does this company take advantage of the fact that Daniel Bryan is probably now back in his yes groove, back as being a fan favorite, is probably the biggest face in the company. He's probably the biggest over face in this company. And I ask you, who's bigger? There's no, you want to tell me Kevin Owens? You want to tell me Roman Reigns? I don't think so. It's Daniel Bryan. So are they going to give him, now that they gave this build of this pay-per-view, them not having a rematch, do they give Daniel Bryan, clean-cut Daniel Bryan, the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble? Because I figure that's where we're headed. I figure we're headed towards Bryan against The Fiend, and I figure we're headed towards Brock Lesnar against somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. I don't know. Somebody they figure out. But Brock's not going to lose. I mean, Brock will lose at WrestleMania to somebody, whoever they want to make king, whoever that is. Probably Roman Reigns. They'll do Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar for the 55th time. Now, what they could do with Bryan is have Miz screw Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble and then give us another... Ms. Daniel Bryan match, maybe at WrestleMania. I mean, we got to start thinking more about WrestleMania because we're on our way to the Royal Rumble. So Miz goes back to being a heel. We got Daniel Bryan as the ultimate face. And then boom, 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 we get Daniel Bryan, Miz at WrestleMania, even if there's no title on the line. And they figure something out with Bray Wyatt. But of all the things tonight at the TLC pay-per-view, in which, yeah, some of the matches were entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and crap on all the matches. I find myself most intrigued by what they're doing with Bray Wyatt, what they're doing with Daniel Bryan, and where they go from there. But what a what an event to close out the decade. I mean, overall, it sucked. And I'm telling you, most people listening right now, most is probably too strong. A portion of the people listening right now never watched this event, forgot the event was on, and is figuring, I'll listen to this schmuck Evan talk about it, and maybe that'll save me the time from having to watch it. Because it was a very forgettable, forgettable event. And I've said that a lot this year. 2019 has not been a great year for the WWE. And I'm not one of those guys that likes to... Sh- uh, well, I was about to curse, but I don't want to. I've decided uh, I don't want to do it, but I was about to. <laughs> I was about to. I was a- All right, let me rephrase that. I'm not one of those guys that loves to crap on the company. And just because it's the cool thing to do, I, I, I just don't think it's been good. I really don't. I, I hope it changes. The Royal Rumble is always one of the most exciting events of the year, and they have a chance to kind of liven it up a little bit, shake it up a little bit. So we'll see if they decide to do that. Uh, this has been the instant reaction to TLC 2019. A couple of things. I hope you've enjoyed the Decade in Review podcast. They've been a lot of fun to do. A lot of fun to reminisce about. We've given you Knicks Nets. We've given you a two-parter with the Mets and Yankees. Coming this week on December 18th, the hockey fans out there, we got a decade in review for all three local teams, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers. The following week, Christmas, you'll get the Jets and Giants. And the week after that, we'll go through the big topics of the last decade in sports talk radio. So that's how we'll close out the year on the Evan Roberts podcast. It's been it's been fun. It's fun to do it. You know what I mean? A lot of fun. Anyhow, that's all I've got to say about the TLC pay-per-view. I paused the Steeler-Bills game, so I'm going to go back and watch that. Thank you for listening to this edition. Oh, by the way, 
Joe and I are on at 2 o'clock this week. You can look into that all you want. All I'm saying is we're on at 2 o'clock this week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.